up in that F-150 People trying to talk, but I don't got time to listen Trying to find my way, I gotta stay on the mission My family need me now, and I don't have time to miss them Always trying to work, always down to the whistle I give it all I got, cause it helped with my mental Always on the grind, like the king I'm official Smoking on this gas, help me get through my issues Welcome Welcome to the VC Lab. It's your boy DJ97, and I'm finally here with somebody that I look up to and admire, District Chief Ron, Mr. Ron, at that. How you doing today? Doing pretty good. About yourself? I'm doing pretty good, and man, I'm I'm honored for you to let me come to your station and talk to you and and learn some more things about you other than the things I already know through church and and everybody doesn't know this, but we do go to church together at Northside Church of Christ in Goodlesville. And um, he leads songs for us at our congregation. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to tell everybody that. <laughs> but that's all good, too. That's all good. Yeah, and um, man, I've when I started this, I wanted to, I knew from the gate I wanted to try to get with people that are really doing things in the city other than music. And because um, I want to try to bring light to people in the city, the good things that people are doing. And and I've been knowing that you do things with the fire department. And I didn't know how deep it was or what you do exactly. But I knew you were somebody eventually. Like, if I do do this, I know I want to try to get with him and have a conversation with him. And I'm just honored and to be here right now. And and I thank you for letting me bring my platform here to talk to you while we can. Hopefully you don't get a call while I'm here. I hope not either. Yeah, <laughs> but um, man, I just want to sit down with you and kind of get your story on like where you're from and how you got into the fire department and what you did before the fire department. And um. So where are you from exactly? Well, first of all, let me say this to you. I, I appreciate you uh, allowing me this opportunity to tell my story. Uh, thank you for, you know, giving me the opportunity to, to be on this podcast with you. And uh, I look up to you as well. I think you're a good young brother. And, and hope and pray someday that this uh, leads to your bigger and better endeavors for you and all. So, uh, but uh, with that being said, though, uh, uh, again, I, I thank you for allowing me to uh, be able to, to uh, talk to you. But where am I from? You asked me where am I from. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm West Tennessee boy, just like you are, I believe. Oh, uh, yeah, I Thank yeah. you from West Tennessee, too, yeah, right? If well, I was I was born here in Nashville. You was born, but your family. But my all my family from West Tennessee. is, yeah, from well, Brownsville, Tennessee. Right, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm from uh, down the way, West Tennessee, a little town called Lexington, Tennessee. Okay. Born and raised in Lexington, Lexington, Tennessee. Went to high school there. Played a little football back in the day when I was down there. And how's that tradition there in Lexington? Our football? tradition is great tradition down there for football and stuff. You know, we had a lot of good players come out of uh, out of Lexington and uh, but uh, played a little play, play a little football, a little basketball and baseball too. I actually a three a three sport guy. Actually, okay. three as they call it, three ladders sport guys because I landed in all three sports and mm -hmm. stuff but uh, I think my passion actually was football and as 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 any young man I think back in those days I had those dreams of maybe becoming an NFL player yeah. one day too you know and things didn't work out that way but I'm still blessed to uh, be where I am today uh, even though I didn't become that superstar as a NFL football yeah. player as uh, at least in them days back there I thought I was what I wanted to do but God has a way of a uh, uh, turning your life or sending you in different directions, maybe even the directions you didn't think you was going to go and stuff. So but uh, so I left Lexington, uh, graduated high school back in 1979, and um, went to uh, walked on. I was actually a walk-on at uh, MTSU, Middle Tennessee State. Back then it was uh, it was you know, the it was Middle Tennessee State University, and now it's the University of Middle Tennessee, I think it is now. But I walked on there and played a couple, played a couple years of football there, and uh, – being a young man like I was, not having my head on right, and a lot of like 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 a lot of us do, even back in even, and you see that today because I mean we've been watching the draft and we've been watching other stuff going on today. Yeah. Sometimes we make stupid mistakes, and I made my share of stupid mistakes. So, and I own that, you know. I'll uh, 
I'll, I'll admit to that. But one thing I've really learned through life is that you know you, you we all gonna make mistakes, and we we talk about this. I know you told me you said said something earlier about me leading songs at our church and stuff, and I also teach our Sunday school class and too. Yeah, that's and, right. And and, and um, part of life is that you're gonna we all make mistakes, but it's how you how you react to those mistakes and how you uh, carry yourself, whether you learn from those mistakes or do you continue to repeat those mistakes. So, so I made some in my day, uh, and some th- that I made caused me to go in different directions. And mm-hmm. one of the mistakes I made was when I dropped out of MTSU and went back home. I went back home and uh, went back to West Tennessee, went back to Lexington, and had planned on going back to school at some point within it, you know, and when I got back home, didn't do the things I needed to do to get myself back in school. So, and I, I guess I got, you know, they say sometimes you come to a cross a crossroad in your life, mm-hmm. and you got to make tough decisions. And I had to make a tough decision, and I never forget the decision I made. Uh, at the time, I was like I said, I was back in Lexington, wanting to go back to college. Money well, wasn't did right. Did you still want to go back to play football? Oh yeah, I wanted to go back and play football what too. What position were you playing? I was a running back. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, I was a running back, man. I, was, I played tailback. Uh, actually, my first two years at, uh, at uh, the MTSU, I lettered my first two years there. I mean, uh, I uh, – So you were playing. Right? I was playing, yeah, I was playing. I I wasn't a starting running back, uh, but I was playing on special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, punt return. Uh, I was playing on uh, kickoff. So you had some speed. Too. I had some speed. I had some speed, yeah. Yeah, so – but – uh. Like I said, all that didn't work out for me. But uh, yeah, I wanted to go back. Yeah. But it just didn't work out for for me to go back. And it could, probably because I was I was probably impatient on what I need. Well, no, I, it wasn't really that I was impatient. It was more so that I was just didn't have my head on right to save my money to get back in school. Well, you mm-hmm. know, school costs. Yeah. And at that time, I didn't have a scholarship. I was a walk on. Mm-hmm. The mistakes I made cost me a scholarship because I felt like I said that freshman year, I, I played that year mm-hmm. and played enough where. Uh, I came back the second year, and that's where I made a mistake in the second year, what caused me to uh, have to leave the school and stuff. So you I think it was the environment, of, like how, like the bigger area. Even though Murfreesboro, I mean, you so close to Nashville, and coming from a small town like Lexington, it was all that. It was all that. Well, it was all that. Being a little country boy like I was, I and mean, like I still am, you know, at heart, as they say. Yeah, it was all that. You know, uh, being away from home. You know, you gonna get in high school and stuff. Yeah, uh, you your parents get you up and tell you, you gotta go to school and you ain't got you, nobody behind you. you college, you. college, you go. You you know they ain't making you go to school. They don't got your money. Yeah. So it ain't like they make you go to school. So All you, you know, got is people calling you. You going to school? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, mine really wasn't. It wasn't that uh, I wasn't going to class because I I went to class. It was just some other things. You know, just not being. Not being mature enough at the time. I get what you're saying. You know, I just wasn't mature enough and, and got myself into some things that I, when I look back on it, it was dumb and stupid stupid mistakes that I made. And, you know, like I said, you're going to make them. Um, but you don't let those mistakes, uh, you know, you don't let the mistakes define who you who you really are. Because, again, you know, like I said, we, we're, all, we're all young, and when we're young, we're going to make them. And not to say when you get older, you're not going to make mistakes either because you are. Yeah. But at, those, at that particular time, I made some mistakes that – it really costed me uh, when, with, with that separation. I tell and I tell every young person nowadays: never, never stop going to school. Because when you when you when you leave and say you're going to go back, it's always hard to go back. Now I did go back. Eventually, I went back, but it was almost like 20 years later when I went back. Okay, so when you got back to Lexington and you started to settle back in and you were trying to figure things back out, what was your next step to where you were trying to? My next, step, my next step, what I was, my next step was I was trying to get to. Like I said, I left school in the fall, in the fall of 1980, uh, 1980, in the fall of 1980, I left school. My my goal, my plan was to go back to school the fall of 1981. Okay. That was my that was my plan. So when I went back to Lexington, I had to get a job because my parents wouldn't let me come at yeah, home. And I, you yeah, know, I wouldn't. Yeah. And I didn't. And I and I wasn't that kind of guy anyway. I, that's not who I was. I mean, I'm on. Yeah. And I, because I mean, I had a job even before I, I yeah. was out of well, high school. Like most people from West Tennessee that I've been raised around, and people that were associates of my family, most of all of them have been, to, to my knowledge of what I've seen, most of them are go getters. 
and if they at home, they go they go have to find a job because granny and mama ain't going. Yeah, my granddaddy, he my my, my daddy is still in. My granddaddy too. I remember being twelve years old. My granddaddy used to take me grass cutting. You know, grass. I mean, you know, he. My, that, I would say that would be that was probably my first job cutting grass with my granddaddy. Mm-hmm. And he taught me that you know you know you you got you work for what you want. Yeah, you know you work for what you want. So, but when I went back in in November of eighty. My goal was to go home, work, save my money, mm-hmm. get back in school in the fall. Okay. Well, I went home, did that, started working. But me being a young man, I had not, at that time I had a vehicle and everything. But I didn't like the vehicle that I had, so I decided, <laughs> which was not a very smart move on my part when you're trying to go back to school and you're you trying to save your money. Yeah, I had a car, but I didn't like the one that I had. So I traded for another vehicle. So now oh. I'm making more payments, higher payments on a vehicle. Oh, so now you got a whole. Oh, now I got bills. Uh. I mean, I got you know, I got a bill. So with that all being said, I moved this forward. I moved the story forward. With that being said, you know, the money that I should have been saving to get back to school, now I'm spending it on a car. That so you really didn't need that. I didn't need because I had one. It yeah. was already paid for. Yeah. So, which was like I said, that was a that was a that was a. Not a smart move. Okay, so I'm so I'm, so I'm telling myself now, uh, it's it's like May, you know. I went back home in November, and it's May now, and I'm still looking to still. I'm at the time I'm still thinking I want to go back to school, but I'm like I'm looking at my situation. I'm looking at my financial situation. This ain't working. Something ain't going. It's not going to get there for me to get yeah. back to school by the fall. So what am I? And I just one particular day, and I'll say this before this day, had really had no in thoughts in my mind about going in the military. Mm. But I ran ran into a friend of mine, and to back up all that, at the time too, I had a I was already a daddy, I had a mm. child, I had a daughter. So you was thinking like I can't go to the military, I'm gonna leave my child here. No, no, it wasn't that. But but before the military, like I said, I already had a daughter. So now I've 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 also. Bought a car I shouldn't have been buying, paying for a car. So you think but, about providing. But I'm now, now I gotta yeah. think about providing for this child that's the daughter of mine. So, you know, again at that time I wasn't really thinking about going in the military, but a friend of mine ran into a friend of mine, a high school buddy of mine, he was like, Hey man, we can me and my brother, man, we we can rejoin the Navy. And I make a story short there. I joined the Navy. And I can never forget, I went home and told my mom and dad I joined the Navy. And I didn't even tell them I was joining the Navy until after I joined. How did they feel? Oh, they didn't take that too well. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't take And matter of fact, they didn't take it too well. And then they really didn't believe me. They, they, Mom and dad both, neither, neither one believed that I had actually joined the Navy. But I had, and I did. So that was a turning point in my life. That was where I was when we were talking earlier about that cross crossroad in my life. Because mm-hmm. I was at a crossroad in my life where I was like, I, I knew I had a daughter. She had to be provided for. No matter what. No matter what. I couldn't, going back to school, I, That was that's what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't go to school and at that particular time go to school and really provide Make enough for money her. to where. I wasn't going, I mean, and especially if I was going back to school to play ball, which that was not going to give me much of an opportunity. That was going to take more time. That was going to take time away from me trying to get a job to help provide for her as well. So I was like, Okay, what's going to be my best option? And that's why I realized that going into the military might not be such a bad idea. So I did that. So, so what was the, when you joined, what was the first steps after you joined to where you left Lexington? Like, how was the the process? Yeah. Well, okay. I joined, like I said, back, that was in May, around May. So around June or so, I said, okay, I, I signed up to go in the Navy. And they gave you a period, you know, you can you can sign up and go in immediately, or you can sign up and wait to go in six months later. I was ready to go at the time. Because at the time was, it was like, and I might have been running for some things too. Because yeah. like I said, I was young. And even being young man, I was 18 when, when my daughter was born. And being an 18-year-old young man with a child, I didn't envision that for me at that particular time in my life. Mm-hmm. But that's something that that, that that happens so you have to again i always say you you it's how you deal with situations and stuff and i and i'll be the first one to tell you right here i probably didn't handle the situation like i should have and I, i'll tell you this too i probably wasn't the dad that i should have been that i should have been at that particular time but when you when you have a child and you're you a kid still yourself you don't know 
you don't know no better. And that's why I tell that's why I employ and tell each young every young man nowadays, man, be ready. Don't 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 have kids in early when you when you're a child yourself, like I was. And again, that's to me that's what's going on with our world today. So many young people having kids and stuff and not knowing how to be parents, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh you got kids raising kids, so but the transition for me was okay, once I joined the Navy, uh I think I had about two months before it was left before it was before I had to leave. And uh so I took those two months to uh get everything got all my stuff in order and things like that and uh and uh so uh, in August of that year, I left from Lexington, and when I and at that particular time, they gave you that particular time. They had three different places you can go to boot camp in the Navy. They had three Navy boot camps. One was in Florida, one was in Great Lakes up in Michigan, and one was in California. Mm. I chose to go to California. Oh yeah, although I go, I chose to go all the way across the country. <laughs> so anyway, I did that. But even before then, I had met this young woman. Who is my wife today? Who is uh, her and I have been married for like 36, 36 years, thirty seven years, going thirty seven years I believe now. But I had met her back in at MTSU, and uh, so her and I stayed in touch with one another. Even after I went to went in the Navy, eventually a year after I was in the Navy, we get ended up getting married and stuff like that. And we've been married today. So, so that transition was August of eighty one. I went in the Navy. I went to boot camp in California, and then once I left boot camp, uh, came back. Cross country back to New Jersey, went to a school in New Jersey, and then I had my first duty station in Norfolk, Virginia, on the USS Enchong, and that was in 1982. Mm. Uh, got, how was boot camp? Boot camp was to me was it was cool. Mm-hmm. It was it was a learning process of how to become a military Navy personnel. So I mean, in the Navy, like when you go through boot camp in the Navy, don't you have to have like like you have to go through water tests and oh yeah. oh yeah oh oh yeah so you have to like be able to like be underwater for a while oh, well you 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 they it's a it's a test that they send you through now mind you too now when I went in the navy I couldn't swim well <laughs> what well, hold, well, on, hold on hold on you well, in the navy and you know most likely you gonna be on the water <laughs> and you can't don't swim no, don't make no sense does it what did your the what do they call your higher up at that time at your, that time when you first when you first go in you have your company commander what did he say to you when well one thing about the navy though they train you so to part swim, of, period. Part, part of the part of the training is they train you to swim. So so they start out. Well, we're gonna teach you how to swim. Right, right. So, so we started, you went through a so, pro. <laughs> oh, I, I was like I was I like an intramural swimmer. But anyway, so what happened? Let me tell you that story too. So I'm in the navy, and in in my company, you when you when you go into boot camp, you you you're you're put in a company, what they call a company, uh-huh. and in your company, you're in a company with like 70, 80 other personnel. Okay. You, when you have different companies in the, you have, just like here at the fire hall, we have a, a district. Mm-hmm. Back then, back in the in the in the, in the boot camp, you had divisions. So okay. many companies make up a division. So it might be like in my in my district here, I got seven fire stations that makes up my district. Mm-hmm. It might have been eight divisions that made up. I mean, eight companies that made up a certain division. And each company back then had maybe seventy-five to eighty men in the, in each in each Divi- company in each company, yeah. right? So I'm one of eighty men is in the company. And again, I couldn't swim, but each. Uh, when you start in boot camp, you start out on day one, and they call it one one day. And you're going to be in boot camp for like uh, 16 six weeks, six, six months, something like that. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly how many months it was at the time. But you start out on one one day, and then you go all the way to one one, like week one. So by the end, one. you should be able to know how to swim. By the end, you should know how to swim. So I don't, I'm not really proud of telling this story I'm getting ready to tell you. But so that's 80 men in my company, right? So... You, and you get a certain amount of time to be able to pass all the tests that you got to test. And if you don't pass these tests, you could get sent back to, to, to day one. Are you s- so like I said, one one day is week one, day one. If I went to three two day, that means I'm in the third week, second day. Da da da. Goes on down like that. So I'm in like I'm in like uh, seven week seven, day one. I had two. I had like three more days to pass these swim tests to. To not be sent back to one one day in the beginning, right? And I'm telling you this because I'm like I said, there's 80 people. I'm gonna tell you this story because it doesn't look good, but it turns out to be a a pretty good yeah good lesson. So I'm like the 80 person in my company, right? I'm the last man in my company, and I hadn't passed 
I haven't passed my uh, my my PT test or my swim test. I haven't passed it yet. So my CC tells me he says, okay, Peter, he says Amron, that's what they called me back then. Seaman Teague, mm. uh, he says uh, you got until Friday. When this was like the first day of the week, you got to Friday, and he and I was going to swim class every day. So you got to be able like to swim. You got to be able to swim enough. so far, and they you they train you in a pool. So you get to swim so far, then you have to float on your back, you have to do so many different maneuvers in the water. Welcome. Welcome to the VC Lab. So you were telling me about the test that you were fixing to right. take. So, so anyway, I'll, I'll cut this story short. Anyway, I, I did pass the test. Actually, I was the last guy in my company to pass the swim test. And that don't look good for a person. That I mean, don't. you couldn't swim. And then mine, yeah. and like how all the movies do when it's somebody that's like the... The weak one of the buns. Not saying you weak, but Obviously, they, they, I, I pick, been, they pick on you a little bit. And I was the last one. I was <laughs> the last one to pass the test. But I remember I was telling you about there were so many companies that make up a whole division, right? Uh huh. So we had like eight divisions in our in our in our, we had eight eight companies under the division, which is almost nine hundred people. Mm. At the end of the boot camp, before we before we graduated, they they nominate the most outstanding recruit. Guess who got the most outstanding recruit? You did. I sure did. <laughs> I was the last man to pass the swim test, but I got the overall outstanding recruit over almost a thousand sailors. Because you probably had to go through the most out of the, out of everybody, probably. No, I think it's, it might have been that, but just just let you know. No, it, I to me, I look at it like this: is that no matter what goes on in your life. Mm-hmm. No matter what failures comes your way, no matter what obstacles come in your way, you, you still grinding. can persevere. You still can keep yeah. grinding. I wasn't about to. Said. I mean, I wasn't about to fail that test. And then yeah. once it once, and I wasn't about to get sent back either. To one. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> no, gonna get no, that. No, I wasn't no. gonna do that. You didn't so. come here to, to no, go all the way I back. Then you would have felt like the same problems you had in Lexington is now coming over here to the Navy. Right. And, and I ain't gonna have my parents out here. Yeah, I feel what you're saying though. So. So basically, they looked at you like, man, he kept grinding, and he 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 grinded it out. He got it done. I got it done. So I, I graduated boot camp, got my orders, and like I said, my first ship I went to was USS Inchung, and I spent four years uh, active duty. Uh, so on, where was that ship? That ship was stationed out of Norfolk, Virginia. Okay. So I was stationed in Norfolk, Virginia for four years, and again, in between them four years, I had met my wife, and we got married. And she moved to Norfolk with me, and uh, we spent we spent four years there. And I, so once I did my four years active duty, I decided. But before then, you know, I was on the I was in the, I was in the Navy. I did my tours in the Navy. Did my West my my European tours. Uh, so what's the like something, not crazy, but something like something you always remember happen or like an event or something? Well, I guess the first event. To me, that I remember most of all in my my in my young Navy career was my our, our first med cruise we went on. Actually, it was our second med cruise we went on. No, take the back. It was our first med cruise we went on. If you know anything about the Navy, the Navy is going to ship you out. They're going to send you overseas, and we're going to send you're going to spend so many days out at sea. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to hit a couple of ports here and yonder, and da da da, da and you know, back and forth, back and forth, six seven months. Then you come on back to the states. Well, so my first uh, my first tour of duty overseas. My first med cruise I made, we were, they'll give you an itinerary on your schedule on when you're going to be pulling into the ports and what ports you're going to be pulling into, what exercises you're going to be doing, da-da. They give you all this before you leave, so you know where you're going, that kind of thing. Well, we've been out to sea for about 45 days, uh, and we were about to embark, meaning we were about to pull in. In a couple more days, we were going to be. Uh, Coming back home? No, we weren't going to come back home, but we were going to be hitting our first port station which was we were going to france we were actually going to be pulling into a place called toulon france that's where we were going well i never forget this day because we we're out at sea and one thing about the navy been on a carrier like i was on you know you your, your working duty stations are either up on the flight deck or in below deck pump room thing like that because i was a fuel i was a fuel uh, what we call a fuelie meaning that we handled all aircraft fuels that was aboard the ship. So you had to make sure everything was gassed up. Had to make everything. Not only that, that was just that they were gassed up. We did have to make sure stuff was gassed up, which was all the aircraft and stuff gassed up. Mm-hmm. But we had to handle all the aircraft fuel that was aboard. Okay. Part of that job was to be that you had to make sure you had enough fuel on board. That meant oh, before you even leave. The before station. you even leave, and even when you, and even with that being said, because like just like just like 
you driving a car and like you pull up to a a gas station. What happens when so many cars pull up into the gas station? You Eventually, you're going to have to get some more yeah. gas somewhere, right? So we'll, we would fill up before we go out to sea, but while you're out of sea, once we're doing all these flight outs with all these aircraft, fuel tanks get low. So sometimes now we got to take on fuel. And it, would, it wasn't all the time that we took on fuel by just pulling up to the pier, mm-hmm. docking and having a barge or pumping fuel from a, from a, from fire I mean, from fuel I mean, uh, barge station or a uh, pier station sometimes we had to take on fuel out of sea that meant somebody like, had to fly it in no that meant another ship that I had like to bring a, you like a fuel a fueling ship so a fueling ship would pull up alongside you now we we're sailing now we ain't we ain't pulling up anchoring nothing like that we pull up the, while both is moving while, while both is moving so we we had to handle getting all that fuel aboard and, and it's a technique that we do to, mm-hmm. to to be able to do all that though but so it was i i managed all the fuel basically but yeah but anyway going back to this incident that sticks in my mind we're we're we've been at sea for 45 days and you know, being sailors out of sea for forty five days, you yes. ready to get some liberty. You ready to get to that port that you're getting ready to pull into and you ain't seen no land in a minute. No, I hadn't seen no land in a minute. But we get a just like how you hear the tones go off here in the fire station, mm-hmm. you had tones in the in on the ship. When something is getting close or something well, when the captain might want to put out some type of message to us. They we call it the one MC system. Okay. Which basically was you this this the mics would come on or the speakers would come on and the captain would come over the loudspeaker and say, Hey, this 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 happened. So in that particular time, if this was in nineteen eighty two, at that particular time, Beirut uh some stuff had kicked off over in Beirut, Lebanon. Just like the Iraq war that we've seen here lately, probably that you're more familiar with, uh-huh. as young as you are. Back then, there was a Beirut situation. Welcome. Welcome to the VC Lab. So something happened in Beirut, Lebanon. Yeah, at that time, something had kicked off in Beirut, Lebanon. There was a, a explosion. Matter of fact, that was the well. What had happened was they they blew up one of the uh, the barracks. One of the you know we had troops over there in Beirut, Lebanon at the time, and there was like a basically a terrorist attack. In Lebanon uh-huh. back then at that time, uh-huh. so we we got on we went on high alert and you know we we went from a mode to getting ready to pull into a port to have some liberty. Now that we got our captain comes on and tell us that our orders have been changed now. So this whole thing, that we, you know, I told you we had an itinerary where we were supposed to be hitting all these different ports on uh-huh. this six month cruise. Now our orders have been changed and said we're going straight to Lebanon. We're going to straight to Beirut because on our ship. Huh? Where where is all going down? Now? Where everything's going down, and, and keep in mind, on the ship that I was on, we had Marines on our ship as well. We had a battalion of Marines on, so our orders had been changed to go to Beirut, Lebanon. So we uh, but they did give us ten days of liberty in Naples, Italy, before we went to Beirut. So we went to Naples, Italy, and then after we left Naples, Italy, after that ten days, we went straight to Beirut. And so is that days for y'all to? Days to be able to have enjoy just some enjoy liberty some time. time, yeah, enjoy some liberty time, some free time. So, so then at like this time you you getting paid now? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, oh. we paid. You know, I'm I'm in the navy. I'm getting paid. Yeah, yeah I got. Yeah. I'm getting a paycheck. wasn't a whole lot of you know. wasn't much because I'm an E3 in the navy at that time. Oh, I'm, so you're at low rank. I'm, right I'm now. a low ranking. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, I'm at that bottom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you make it more than you was. Now you know you I'm, probably got a little money to send home to. Well, I even started that. Matter of fact, even before when I first went in the navy, I already had I signed up to a payroll deductible and to take care of money to go home and take care of my daughter and stuff. Uh-huh. So that was automatically coming out of my paycheck, and yeah, so so she's getting child support from me and stuff like that. So yeah, so okay. yeah, that, that was steady, which was good. That I, that's what I really wanted too: some steady income to be able to come in and still take take care of my daughter now that was the good part the bad part to me was now i'm gone mm-hmm. and i'm not there spending the young the, you know my daughter because at, my time, at the time my yeah. daughter was like she's one years old one two years old at mm-hmm. the time now at that time she she was born in 79 she's born in 79 so this is 82 so she's three years old mm-hmm. so i'm away from her yeah. yeah i'm supporting her but i'm not being a dad getting that that time with I'm not spending that time with yeah. him. So so that's the bad part of that yeah. of that though. But yeah, so Y'all get your ten days. We get our ten days and then once we get our ten days, we get our ten days and we 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 go to Beirut. We ship we sail to Beirut and we're in and we're off the coast of Beirut, Lebanon for like six months. Mm-hmm. 
we sitting off the coast of Beirut, Lebanon, and with Beirut, Lebanon, you know, we no liberty this whole time we over there. We we deployed our <clears throat> we deployed our uh, Marines, Marines to shore. They set up camp on shore, and we we ran reconnaissance or we ran supplies and forth flew off supplies the, off the ship back and forth to them every day, the things that they needed like that. But we so there. during that time when you gotta get them supplies, is that where like y'all gotta stay on like You're on the ship? But when do they come to get the supplies, or no. do y'all have to get off we, the boat to no, get? No, it's called we on on this same ship we got. Helicopters. Also, some people had to get in the helicopter. Yeah, because what, fly what, to like, what, they the, what, what our job was. Remember, I tell you about us fueling these aircraft and stuff. Our job was to keep the aircraft fuel and stuff. Well, their job was to fly to uh, get them supplies, the supplies equipment. They need. And, and if some of the Marines needed to come back to the ship, they fly them back to the ship. You know, their their mission was to go ashore, set up camp ashore, and do what Marines do. Our mission as Navy personnel was to to handle the ship, what goes on on the ship, our jobs on the ship, and plus supply them what they needed there. If they, you know, and what we we did what we call flight ops every day, and flight ops was nothing but our our, our aircraft flying back and forth, uh, where it be land, uh, carrying supplies back and forth to the Marines, whether it be uh, pilots getting their flight time in, practicing on flying this and that, mm-hmm. wherever all that entails. I mean, all that. Is included in all that. So their 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 job was to fly the aircraft. Our job was to supply the aircraft. You know? Okay. So, so we did that, and we did that for like I said, almost five and a half, almost six months. We sit off the coast, no liberty for that. No liberty. At in no liberty. When I say liberty, no free time, no getting off from work, going nowhere. You when you got off from work, so you wake just, up, go to work. Wake up, go. Kind of imagine it kind of being like this. You're in my fire station right now, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of imagine you in this fire station. You know how I come to the fire station now. I'm here for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Then I go home. That's yeah. so fine. Imagine staying on this in this building for six months. You can't go nowhere. All you do is work. Go to All sleep, you do is work. work you get off. On, now you did once you get off from work. Now you you had some free time, but where you going? Cause this war out there, you can't go nowhere. You on the ship anyway. You can't go nowhere anyway. You yeah. can't go. You can't. So that's the only ship. people you can. Only thing you really had was to mingle with each other. That's right. That's all you had. So do you still talk to a lot of people? I got a lot of. I got. I got about. I have about. I say I probably got about five different buddies that was I was in the navy with that really hurt, that we still stay in contact with each other. Man, yeah. that's what's up. So yeah. we do. Uh, yeah. During that five months, did anything happen where people were trying to get on your ship that weren't? That wasn't supposed to be? Yeah. I think we might have had one incident. Might have one incident, but they, nothing really serious. Nothing really serious. Mm-hmm. Nah. You know, some people got stories that's like, because I know I have a friend that I work with other than the podcast where I think he was like infantry, to where he had to help with guns and he had to drive the big tanks mm. and get people where they needed to be. And he said one time, but he, I forgot what they call it, where he has a dog with him, too. He I, might he might be, he, might, he could be military police or something like that. He was where they had to, like, the dog had to go with him places. and He, he, said, he might be, he could be, uh, he also could be what they call, uh, and, it, and it's different, like like in the Navy, we have uh, Navy, in the military. We have Navy SEALs, uh-huh. and then in the, in the Army, where they have uh, uh, the, uh, it's the elite forces. Yeah, they got elite forces and stuff. They get, may have yeah. some uh, so trained dogs a, and stuff to yeah. maybe train to, to sniff out bombs or do all the other kind of stuff mm-hmm. too, though. But yeah, yeah. So he had a friend that was with him that had his own dog too, and his time at the time was just to get him to the place so him and his dog could do what they needed to do. And he said, when they had to go get him, he got shot by. Uh, AK in the ankle, really? and he said it felt like a sprain, <laughs> a sprain. And I was like, "What?" I'm like, "Oh man, I couldn't have been. I couldn't. I, could, I don't know if I could do it." Man. The military, you know, I, I the military to me, for me. Now I didn't go in the army. I don't like guns. I mean, I own a couple of guns, but I don't really like guns. So I wasn't really wanted to be um, the army kind of guy. I didn't really want to go into the Marines. But mm-hmm. I, as far as the military itself, though, I think the military for me it was a turning point in my life, mm-hmm. and it really it really changed my life. I mean, that's what he says as well, because he mm-hmm. has a backstory 
to where it's like the military got him where he needed to help him get back into school afterwards. And military had grew. It, it, it allowed me to grow up. One thing that I really enjoyed about the military was that I met. I met and I remember going when I went to boot camp. Like at that time, from a little small town in Lexington, Tennessee, where I mean, I grew up around you know white people and but you know and I have good white friends back home too oh, and yeah. things like that yeah. you know but but when I when I went to when I went to uh when I went to uh when I went to boot camp when I went all the way to California and for me that was the first time I've really been out of the not really I've been a couple other places out of the state but just really far away from home and meeting really meeting different people from all over the world all over the country should I say and then, and and then and you know, with that, I met different people. And then, but like I said, the military to me just kind of made me grow up to to be a man. Mm-hmm. It taught me certain things and allowed my things to line up in certain ways to help me to um, mold myself or who I, to the man I am today. I believe to the mm-hmm. man I am today. It gave me a, a a sense of direction. You know, again, I told you before, one of the reasons I went in the military because I was all over the place. Didn't yeah. know what I wanted to do. Didn't you know just. Trying to take care of the daughter and didn't think, couldn't, didn't know how I was gonna do it, and at that time was the best decision for me at the time. So, but it, I I encourage all young men do some time in the military, do some time. It help give some direction. So, is it true that uh, I think I heard that they won't accept people that have flat feet? That could be probably who's got flat feet. Well, I do. I got flat feet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There are certain criteria, or there are certain uh, uh, certain things that they they don't allow you to you know mm-hmm. to be able to come in. And I, I, flat feet could be one, and that might be one of them. I ain't sure though. Yeah. Know. So, so right. after that time where you was stationed there for a good half a year, what was um. Through that time, did you stay in the Navy long, or did you stay long enough to where you got your retirement? Yeah, straight actually, I did because again, like I said, uh, uh, I did the four-year active duty. Okay. And uh, like I said, I was stationed aboard in China at that time, and and I, it got to that point, you know, you 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 know you sign up for four years, and you after the, when the four years your, your four year contract is about to be up, now you got to figure out okay, what well, are, are you going to resign? Are you going to reenlist? That's what they call it. They're going you going to reenlist, or you going to get out? Go back did into the civilian world. Pretty good in four years, or I did actually. I became first class petty also in, in the four years I was in. So yeah, I did rank up, but I admit my my sister was had a had a friend who was a really nice who was a. a I don't know if he was a millionaire or not, but he had his own business and he 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 was he, he was straight. He was yeah straight. He's well off. And I remember talking to him at one time, and he said to me, he said, you know, the military is for some people, and the military can be a good career for a lot of people, but it's not for everybody. And he said, if you know, if you want to limit yourself as far as what you can do and what you kind of money you can make, yeah, stay in the military. You know, so I got to thinking about that, and I said, yeah, because actually in my mind when I first went in. My mind was telling me, yeah, I think I want to do, I, I want to be a career, a, we used to call them person who stayed in for 20 years, we used to call them career people, yeah. a career man, and I actually thought I wanted to be a career man until I got to going out to sea back and forth, and what, what really <laughs> what really made me change my mind too was, <clears throat> after I got married, and it's, every time I believed to go overseas, I couldn't take my wife with me. Yeah, so you're missing her. I'm missing her, and I knew as long as I, if I stayed in the military, I was, I was going to be on a ship most of the time, yeah. and I'm always going to have to be gone yeah so i mean i mean to me that would hurt like not saying y'all fall off or nothing like that but it hurts but it could connections and and then your mind you don't know what she doing she don't know what you doing i can tell you them stories too because we used to have we we used to have situations we used to have situations like when we were out of sea see back i was i'm coming from that navy back in the day where we didn't have cell phones Uh, oh we didn't have (laughs) We didn't have podcasts. We didn't have. No. You didn't have a we, we oh, page. What you going to do with a page out of sea? <laughs> we, didn't have, yeah, we didn't have pages. Look, we didn't have. We didn't have. Uh, what y'all call them now? Snapchat and all this yeah, kind of. All Insta- we had none of that. We had none of that. So when you out of sea, your form of communication with the people back home. It's a letter. A letter. So what we would have, you know, and every day, especially when you got to see, because like I said, we had aircraft on board, and it's so in different spots 
when you're out of sea over in the Mediterranean, you know, uh-huh. you have different spots where your mail come and the, the, the aircraft would go fly and get the mail and bring it back to the ship. And then the, you'd already know that they, over the 1MC, yeah. they made all the announcements, they would holler each day when the mail come in, they would say, mail call. Meaning, and in each in each in each, in each division had a male personnel. So I mean, when the male came, that, you probably seen per- everybody down there. Well, no, you don't see everybody. What, what happens is that male personnel of your prospective division would go to the mail room, get the mail, and, and bring it back to your division. Okay, and then they would pass the mail out, right? To the people, whoever got mail. Okay. Now some people didn't get mail, so they was just oh, dude. Now you asked me something about some times when you know some. Think about this being a person that's in the, in off, and you looking to get some. Are you looking to hear from some of your loved ones you through a mail, nothing. through and a ladder? And you nothing. and everybody else. So what happened was they said they call for mail call. They go get the mail, and then you'll come back, and they'll start going sorting through the mail. Now, uh, Petty Officer Jameson got a mail. That's Petty Officer Quentin got some mail, and you, you know you you're you in the background. For your name. You look for your name to be called. <laughs> Then your uh, name is not called, oh, man. dude. So it's like, so it kind of puts you in the mind frame, like, man, I'm in prison. I can't. <laughs> man, like, I ain't like, I'm at work all day. Uh, yeah, I, True. I, anything can happen while I'm out here. Ain't nobody texting. I, I mean, ain't nobody sending me no, me no letter. letter. <laughs> uh-uh. Oh man, so oh, that's, man, that's like, hard. I that was hard, dude. I, mean, I hard. can imagine. It's like, and then you know, especially. Not on a person who was married, but you know, single people out there too want a mail too from those loved ones or significant other or somebody. So how does that work? Uh, are females on your ship? They are now, nah, but nah, back in the day, back in the day when I was in, they didn't. We didn't have a lot of females on the ship. I can do, I remember taking one cruise one time, and there was one female, mm. one female. How was that? About amongst two thousand. You think about how that was. <laughs> You as a one, so fe- a one military, female, one female. Like say, 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 if I was, you know, I'm there, I'm single, she's single, and then. Well, you ain't supposed to fraternize with. See, that's what I'm trying to say. You, like, you, you can't spo- do that. You ain't supposed to fraternize with. I mean, yeah. yeah, you ain't supposed to do that. But you know, come on, you ain't supposed to do that. But it, it probably. I mean, I'm we sure don't know. Yeah. I'm sure, it has happened. But like now, you know, like now though, there's there's all kind of women on ships now. All that's changed. Yeah, all that's changed now. So there's all type of women on ships now. So all that's changed. So, like thinking back then, so like, and it's amazing how the world has like evolved in such a short time. Like we think the '80s was a long time ago, but it in the state of the world is really like wasn't that long ago at all. You talk about when you talk about that. I went in the Navy in 1981, and when I went in the Navy in 81, I was thinking to myself, because I remember I told you, I, I, I wanted to be a lifer, what we call a lifer, somebody mm-hmm. who's going to retire in the Navy, right? So when I first went in, I'm thinking, this is 1981, doggone, 2001, 20 years, I couldn't. I know I couldn't retire f- to 20 years later, and I'm thinking to myself, shoot, that's 2001, that's a long time. 2000 come and gone. Yeah, it is. And now, and I see, and I did. Like I said, you asked me what did I, you know, I stayed in four years, but I also, when I got out, I got out, but I stayed in the reserves. And I did my, I did 19 years in the reserves. So I got, I did get a retirement from it. So, so how does the reserves work? Reserves, see, when I, okay, the, the main reason why I stayed in the reserves when I, when I, when I finally got out, well, before I got out, I said, uh, remember I told you about the guy my sister met, and then he told me about, limiting yourself if you stayed and just stayed i felt like i could do better and i felt like i can i could uh i which i like said the navy was good for me that for that season yeah. but i felt like i could do much better and home. right so what had happened was before i got out though a buddy of mine had went home on leave and he came back he 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 started talking about the the fire service, and we had some fire training while we were in the navy too. You know, okay. we we'd have shipboard firefighting. You know, so they I have w- like a direct line for military people that when they come back, that they can try to go straight into police or straight into fire. Well, I don't know about a direct line, but you know, they what happened for me was they did. I was unemployed just like everybody else. So I had to go. I had to go to un- I had to go to unemployment just like everybody else and apply for a job. You know, I had to do all that, but they did give you preferential treatment, sort of, if you mm-hmm. were military. So they did that did uh, come into play. Okay. So when I made the choice to get out and pursue the fire service, I ended up getting out, and then I started pursuing the fire service, and uh, uh, it took me a couple of years before I, before I got on the fire service. But so 
knowing that I didn't know if I was going to be able to transition, I decided you asked me about how does the reserve work. Well, when I got out, I told myself, I said, okay, I'm an E6 first class petty officer. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and get out. But if this fire service thing don't work out for me, if this civilian life don't work out for me, I might just go back in the military. But will you keep your same class? That what bring that oh, you a good you're a good interviewer. Cause that brings me up to that brings me up to why I stayed in the in the in the reserves. I stayed in the reserves because I said I'll I'll be in the reserves. I'm still uh, I'm still active active reserve. So you won't lose. Your I won't lose my rank. And just in case I decide if this thing don't work out on the outside and I do go back, yeah, then I still got my rank. Okay, so, so that's why I stayed in the reserves. Yeah, because that's reserves, what made me stay back and forth with reserves. What the reserve was, well, how the reserve works is okay. You active reserve. They require you to do uh, one week in a month. Okay. Yeah, I think I have an uncle that does that. And then two weeks out of the year. Okay. So I would do my one weekend, one weekend out of the month, mm-hmm. and then during the year we do two weeks. We on a two weeks active duty out of the year. I did that for nineteen years. Did that my my duty station was down in uh, NES Millington at the time, and uh, with Memphis NES Memphis, and uh, so I drove back and forth to Memphis once a month, and then two weeks out of the year we go do our two weeks training where they been went to another back to a ship or a shore duty station or something like that. So I did that for nineteen years, and I retired back in two thousand and four. Two thousand four. So I did that and retired. So I get a Navy pension when I'm when I turn sixty. That's almost that's two years from now. And going back to what we talked about, how time flies, or how time seems so long, but really ain't that long. I went in the Navy in 1981, and I'm thinking 2001 I could retire. That's 20 years from now. Well, 2001 has come and gone. I retired in 2004. When I retired in 2004, I said, "Well, no, I ain't gonna get no retirement. I can't even get at 2004. I think I was 40." I would I would see I'm 58 right now in 2004. That's how many years from now? That's about 15 years from now. 15 years ago I retired, mm. and I was thinking that 15 years ago when I retired in 2004, I said, well I can't get no money. I won't get any money from them until I'm until I'm 60. So it's 2000. I'm 58 now. I got two more years. 16 years I can't get no money from them for 16 years. Them 16 years almost has gone, come and gone. Yeah. Almost has come and gone. But anyway, so but. Good thing is, it's coming. If I live long enough, it's coming. Yeah. So, oh, that's not happening. It's going to happen. If I live, if he, le- if, he le- if he allows me to live, I will. Just allow me to live, God. I'll be okay. Just allow me to live. So and with that being said, too, now I'm on the fire department. Guess how many years I've been on the fire department? 31 years. Mm. But one thing in my life I, that I can see that's been a constant, I've been a person that... Um, I don't do a lot of changes as far as when it comes to jobs and things. Now I've had a lot of jobs throughout the years and stuff, but I've 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 made choices that allow me to um, grow in a career. I mean, I grew with the Navy and the military, and I got with the fire department, which was another blessing. That was like I can remember the day the day that I got this job. Cause I, that 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 was a oh man you when you ask about some things that you remember in your life and there was a real turning point now that was when I joined the Navy was a turning point in my life but when I when I when I got this job with the fire department was like the one of the one of the one of the uh, I, definitely one of the most memorable things in my life one of the most happiest one of the most happiest now I won't say it was like the, relief oh not a relief but just a joy. Yeah, just a joy, and I, and I won't say it was the happiest day of my life because you know I married, I met my wife, met my yeah, wife, had yeah. my children, things like that. But when I got this job, when I'm the day that I they called me up and told me that I went to I went to uh, I never forget it. I, I I never forget this story because I was working at the time. I was working. My my wife and I would we back in Tennessee now. It's been about two years since I got out of the Navy, mm-hmm. but I'm so I got this job. I I, I you know I told you. They they tried to help military personnel. When I say when I when I say they, meaning that when I went to the unemployment office, you check military, you military personnel. So they really try to find you a job. And I found a couple of little small little jobs that I was working on. 
But they at the time I'm like these ain't I ain't going no yeah there ain't no career I couldn't I, I wouldn't make no career out of these jobs but and I was and what was really frustrating my wife she had gotten on with Nissan at the time okay. and I'm thinking well I'm the veteran you know and that was a good job you know she had a good job but um, but again the jobs that I had I just knew they weren't career jobs so I remember I'll never forget I'd gotten off of work one Friday afternoon. And my mother-in-law said, hey, uh, you've been getting a phone call today, uh, and it's from the Metro government, and they, they, you need to call them back. They want you to call them back immediately. So I called the number back, and uh, they told me to be, this was on a Friday evening, they said, well, you need to be here at the courthouse, Davidson County, uh, tomorrow morning at such and such time. I said, okay. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm nervous and thinking, I'm thinking I got this job, but I don't know for sure. Make that story short. I came in, next, came up the next morning. I met the director, chief of the fire department. I met the mayor, also that that particular day. And he introduced me. He said, "My name is Bill Boner, and this over here is Chief Martin Coleman. He's gonna be your new, he's gonna be your new boss." And I'm like, it was so much joy in my heart. It was so much uh, excitement because I'm thinking, oh, boom! And you found I, your purpose again. Found my purpose. And I found my my purpose, that career that I that was that I was seeking for. I mean, I walked out of I don't you probably don't you probably too young. There was used to be a Toyota commercial. Uh and they the Toyota commercial like it came on TV and it was like, Oh, what a feeling and you hit you see this guy just jumping up for joy. Oh yeah. <laughs> I walked out of that, that courthouse that morning after I spoke with those people, man. I mean, that's how I felt, man. I mean, I was just Fist pumping, I kind of like felt like Tiger Woods. How he, like when you won the match. Oh, dude, what you talking? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I just felt like God had just really blessed me then, and He did. And that was in, like I said, that was in nineteen. That was in nineteen eighty. Uh, 80, So, did you ever think you was gonna become an executive chief? Oh yeah. That was your plan. For oh, that was a goal. Yeah. When you come to the department, if I don't know about anybody else, you want to move up in the ranks. Mm-hmm. It's you know, hard. It's it's hard. It's it's hard, but it's it's political too. I mean, yeah. I'll give you this my story on how I finally got got finally got promoted. You know, uh, you you know, there's there's certain steps you go through. Uh-huh. There's certain steps you go through. There's a process you go through, and you know you have to take tests. You got to know you got to know this. You got to know this job, and then you, there's tests you take as well. Well, okay, not only that you know, and then once you take the test, you have to qualify and get on the list and be in a certain percentage, what mm-hmm. they call the outstanding percentage. And if you don't get in the outstanding, you're not even considered. So to get like the promotion, a, like a score that you have. You have a score you have. You and everybody takes the same test. Yeah. Everybody score, and then you fall in this category where you felt you know you get a grade mm-hmm. where you fall out and outstanding, right? Well, this when I find I'm like I said I've been on thirty years now. I finally got promoted to district chief. Now I came up the ranks. I didn't make captain. I made captain. I've been on the department for sixteen years before I made captain. But I made captain in sixteen years, and then I. I was I was a captain for about eight nine years, and then I finally got promoted to district chief, which I've been seeking, and I've been trying to get I've been trying to make I've been district now for about going over two years now, but I've been trying to become a district chief for like the last five six seven years, and I've been on the list. You ask, is it hard? I've been on the list. I've been an outstanding. Like the first time I was on the list, I was like ranked like number nineteenth. Okay, I didn't like get the city. Yeah, in the city, nineteenth okay. in the city. Yeah. I didn't get I didn't get promoted that time. The second time I got on the list, I was ranked number three mm. overall, and we talking about number three out of sixty, seventy, eighty people. Mm-hmm. Number three, I didn't get promoted. And they, I'm gonna tell you, they promoted, they promoted that particular time. They promoted like five district chiefs. And, they they promoted they, they they promoted number one. Number two, skip me. Wow. Went down and, and and they they rate you in a certain way where you could be like it could be it could be at this particular time there was four people that was tied for number in the fourth spot. They promoted like three of those people that was in the, in the fourth spot. But just skipped over you. Skipped on me. Did they ever give you an explanation? Oh, they don't give you no explanation. They don't give you no explanation. 
That's the politics part. That's of the it. politics part of it. And I'm gonna tell you this: when you when you've passed over like that, and one thing you know about the fire department, and one thing you know about being on Metro, you know when you come on is political. Because I can go back even to day one before I even got when I got hired, or before I got hired, I got a call from the mayor's office saying that you're on the outstanding, but you don't have nobody speaking your name. Meaning you don't have nobody talking for you. You don't have nobody say, hey, hire this man. And not just say anybody. You need somebody with some clout saying, hire you. Yeah. So with that being said, even back then, I knew how this job was. And I'm, I, I've been on for this long. You know how it is, how the game is played. So you, I say that to say this. You got to get in the game. You got to know how the game is played. So you got to play the game mm-hmm. with them. Is it right? It ain't right. But if you don't get in the game... What, you ain't going to be able to play, right? Yeah, you ain't going to make the starting five. That's right. So I knew that. And, yeah, when I when I got passed over, when I was number three and I got passed over, dude, I mean, I was crushed. Man, I bet. Oh, man, I was like, whoo, that hurt. I would have been like, I need to make some calls. <laughs> it was too late then. <laughs> but see, it was too late. It nah, I ain't even talking about that. Like, I, my mind, I would have been like, man, somebody finna hear my word. Well, <laughs> I wanted to. Yeah, but then, I you know, that'll, that'll probably be the... But with that being said, so when, when they skipped over me, that moved me up to number one. Because what happens when you when you, when you you take a promotion exam in the fire department, mm-hmm. you get on this list. But what if you mess up your score? Because every list, do you got to redo your score again? That's what I'm getting to. See, when you, when you take a promotion exam, mm-hmm. when you take a promotion exam, you get on this qualifying list. This list is active... For three years. So for three Metro, years, you'll be at that spot. For three years, for three years, this list that they posted that they that they promote off of, and they don't they don't promote everybody off the list at one time. So when somebody is promoted, wherever you fall in line on that list, once somebody promoted, you you start moving up. So this is my next question. When you were number three and you got passed over, how many years were you already at number three? Cause it go with three years for this list. At that time, when that li- when that list first came out, the list had just come out. So you was three at that time. At, when I was when the list first came out, I was number three. So you had they made promotions. Me. Okay. They made promotions, and then I moved up to number one. And now you were just sitting and waiting. I'm sitting at number one, waiting till they promote again, and they don't promote like every four, two months, every three months, nothing like that. Generally, in the fire department, they promote like maybe once a year. Okay, so you so, you, so you know you had to wait at least a year. At least another year, dude. So you would probably come home. Well, you know what? I'm the sister T. Like man, they they um. They, oh yeah, in the beginning, like I said, I mean, it was, I ain't gonna. I, like I said, I, I won't lie. It was crushing. I mean, I I, and I was matter of fact, I was at work the day the day they got the the day the promotions came out. I wasn't at this fire station, but I was at another fire station, and I remember the day I came into work that no no I was at work that evening. I mean, I was at work. Well, another firefighter had came in that evening and told you. He came in and said, "Hey, Cap." He said, uh, "You gonna get you one of them promotions?" I said, "Well, should I hope so?" Because the rumor within the yeah. fire department room was coming out. Yeah, it's going. So basically, you was dealing with yeah, you didn't get it, and but the I didn't other know people. I didn't at that particular time when he came in and asked me that. I didn't even know. I knew that it was it was getting closer for them to promote, but I'm thinking I'm number three. I ain't worried about nothing. I, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. And he came in and he said, yeah. I think somebody had posted something on Facebook that day. Like, that somebody they got, got promoted. promoted. So, so now like, you well, know. Well, ain't nobody called me. Or uh, emailed oh. you. And I was sitting, I mean, I never forget because I was sitting at the dinner table and I was eating dinner. It's like I just lost my appetite. I got up from the table because, okay, after he said all that, okay, now I got started investigating because I need to do nothing. Hey. You I'm, checking out your everything. I, I must be getting left out. Of, I need to find out what. So I called a friend. He said, yeah, they, you didn't, nobody called, you know, like, nobody called you. I ain't, nah, I ain't got no phone call, man. He said, well, call some, da, 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 da. I made some phone calls. Like, yeah, man, they, like, they passed you over, man. And when they said that, man, I was like, Whew. I had to, like, I mean, I had to take some deep breath, dude. I mean, it was like, yeah. it was tough. So now I got to go, now, like I said, I'm at work. Now, you know, it's not only did I get passed over, so now I'm at work. My people looking at me. I'm talking about my. Because everybody was expecting you. Oh to yeah, get. 
I mean, because you know, I'm number three. Everybody's oh, they gonna pay, uh, uh, Captain T. You know, he gonna get promoted. Yeah, but I don't and that get is, promoted. And that's making you like you feel like you looking stupid in front yeah, of everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta work now. You talking about me going home and talking about to sit? It was it was just one of those time in my life, and that's that's another thing that I guess a learning lesson. I and I always try to take everything in life as a learning learning lesson. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like even though I was hurt, I just knew God said that you ain't ready. I'm not. I'm, I'm not ready for you to have that position yet. It's, it's, it's just mm-hmm. not your time, and and that's how I had to. That's how I had to departmentalize. That's how I had to, how to yeah. do it. You know because uh, you know he he just wasn't ready for me to have that position yet. You know and you know we talked about Joseph in the Bible about where his high as high as uh, you know how his brother sold him into slavery and stuff like that. And when they came back to him a few years later, he said and he told him you know y'all meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I feel like at that particular time, some other, somebody else probably meant it for evil for me, but God meant it for good because he he eventually let me have it, but it's just that time, on his was, time, but his time, yeah. not my time. But yeah, man, I had to I had to gather myself. I never forget. I'm sitting at the fire hall that night, man. I got to make calls, and I still got to go out on my calls with my men and everything. And just I just didn't want to be there. I was just I was crushed. I was it was crushed, but I got through it. You know, and eventually, you know, everything went back. Then I got to look at the guys. You know, I had to look at the guys who who they went down and got below me, which some of them was my friends. That got you know, promoted. They got promoted, yeah. Some of them were my friends, you know. Oh, man. You know, but uh, yeah, it happened the way it happened, and, you know, here it is. But I eventually got it. You know, I eventually got my district chief job, and uh, I, I'm loving it. I've been loving it. I've been district chief now for about two years now, going a little over two years and stuff. Man, I tell you, I, I, I enjoy the job. I still en- I still enjoy this job. Just as, uh, If you remember when I was telling you about the day I got this job, how I felt when I got that job. I still had that same feeling, man. I still love this job. I still love coming to work each day. You know? That's a good thing, man. Yeah. Uh, I love this job. Man. Uh, I love the guys I work with, you know, and and I've been on, remember I showed you that calendar earlier about the three different shifts that we have? Yeah. When yeah. I started out, and now I'm going to give you this story, and it's probably wrapping it up, I guess, a little bit, I guess, mm-hmm. but I'll give you this story. So when I when I first got on the fire department, the station that I worked at for 16 years was this station right here, right? I worked here for 16 years. So when I finally, when I finally got it promoted, and I was when I worked at this station for 16 years, I was on B-Shield. Then I got promoted to captain, and I went to station 33. Okay. And I worked at station 33 on C-Shield. Then when I got promoted to district chief, I came back to this station right here where I worked at for 16 years, and now I'm the district chief over the station that I really worked worked at most of, your career. Most of my career. So I think with all that being said, too, when, you say, when I say that it probably wasn't my time – when I when I got yeah. passed over the first time, see the way you get when you get district chief jobs, there have to be availability spots for district chief mm-hmm. spots, right? And the time before when when I got passed over, this spot wasn't even available. But when I did get promoted, I came see to me I like I came full service circle. I went, uh, I, I mean I was a firefighter here. I went to a captain, went somewhere else, but I was in district six the whole. The whole time, my whole career, I've always worked in District Six. Whether I was a, whether I was a firefighter, whether I was a captain, because Station Thirty Three, where I worked at as a captain, that's still part of my district yeah. here now. So then, I when I made District Chief, they brought me back and just put me back in the that's District Chief home, spot at basically. my home spot. So this is where I was supposed to land. This is where I was supposed yeah. to come back. That's the way I feel. That's the way I look. And at that it. make you probably more comfortable coming into you familiar with the area very well. Yeah. So. It was, but it was so funny though when I first came when I first came back over in this district over here because again, each station has their own zone that mm-hmm. they run out of. Yeah, and when I worked over for sixteen years, man, I mean, we make we made I made so many calls over here. It's like I can drive down the street blindfold, know where I'm going, you know. Yeah, but then when I left and went, uh, the when I made captain went out the thirty threes out there in Antioch on the other side of town, I learned that territory. Yeah. Then when I came back. Things have changed. I mean, because now it's almost twenty some years from the time I was a firefighter working over here, and mm-hmm. then I was a captain, and coming back, it's been twenty some years. Things have changed a little bit, and when I say things have changed, your memory—I'm older too. Yeah, 
It's more cars. Like I said, there was times where I we walk out, we pull up out of this thing. I know where we're going. But when I first came back, man, I had to I had to relearn the territory because I done forgot some of the things and stuff, you know. But it's good though. It's all good though, man. I said I enjoy it. So what's the next step after this? Well, I'm 58 years old, and I keep telling myself that uh, I'm probably gonna stay probably another four more years. That I'm saying that's probably the least I'll do. Uh, I could retire today if I wanted to, uh, but I can retire with better, more benefits and better benefits if I stay to 62. So I'm telling myself that uh, uh, I'm going to stay at least till I'm 62, which is four more years from now. Uh, within that time frame, if I get promoted, the next step up from, from a district chief, uh, assistant chief or uh you got other positions as well. I'm going to try to take it as high as I can go, you know, within these next four years. And if God sees that, you know, it's, it's in his plan for me to be a, anything other than a district chief or higher than a district chief, I'm sure he'll allow it to happen. If not, I'm still happy. I'm still blessed, man, because I, I mean, I mean, I got my own car out there. You know, I know, man. I got some nice rims on it too. <laughs> <laughs> man, but I, man, I, I thank you for letting me come and you showing me your station and sharing your story with me. Cause I know I'm young and I'm just trying to find myself and what I'm doing. And that's what and I keep. That's what I would tell you too, man. I mean, you might not know what you really want right now. And I know you got a lot of things going on in your mind and your head, what you really want to do. And sometimes, I, I'm, like I said, I remember your age. I remember being your age. And I remember, man, it's like, okay, I, what I'm going to do, what I got to do. But just keep on working hard at what you're doing. And God will see you through whatever it is. And you That's keep putting it. him first. He going he gonna to bring you through whatever it is. And he's going to reveal it to you. It'll come to you. But you keep working hard. Keep doing what you need to do. That's why I keep telling all young people, just keep working hard. Things you know, you know that's that old saying is something about how you know you see my glory, but you really don't know my story. Oh, now yeah. you kind of know my story, and, and then you know there was ups and downs in that story. Mm -hmm. But also in those ups and downs, and what I can tell you right now too is that even with now, there's ups and downs now. But those, the longer you live, and the more you trust the man up above, he he will allow you and he will reveal things to you to how you, to help you handle those situations that come in your life. Because there's gonna be some stuff coming. Ain't no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, but it's all good. But man, I thank you, man, for coming to the VC Lab and letting me bring the VC Lab to you here at the station around Harden Place. Or they call this place this area Nash for Harden Place. Antioch. It's sort of yeah, Antioch, Antioch Harden Place. I don't know. We, sometimes we kind of call it a little, little Mexico too because we're a lot of you know Hispanics. You say Antioch though. But man, I thank you again for coming. And uh, I just appreciate you, man. Appreciate you, too. All right, we're out.